You don't know because you lost your bones. You lost everything you had. Um, his balls wasn't feeling right. I mean, it's worth it to not get caught from murder. Anyways, skill horses uh, do not mesh with khaki pants. See, so these are where the questions come from. This yeah. is where it stems from. This is what makes it fun. Welcome back to Creepy Campfire, your source for all things strange, the unexplainable, the infamous, and the mysterious. Here are your hosts, Jordan and Ryan. Jordan, that's a, that's a stiff shot of something you just took over there. That face, you, I don't know, you made a face like it was straight vodka. No, no. No, that's over here. All right. With the cherry lemonade. All right, well, just keep it hidden in Chuck E. Cheese, because that's usually frowned upon. Maybe it's just cherry lemonade. Just show you limeade. Is that is that oh look at him. Look over there in the ball pit. Squatch is just having a good time. We need to get him one of the party hats though. Yeah, should we tell him it's his birthday? Or maybe better yet, we should tell him it's the podcast's birthday. Uh, it's, it's one year. It's one year. It's one year. And we brought somebody back for the one year episode. We have Cassandra with us at Chuck E. Cheese today. Hi. What's up, sister? Just spider stomping. Spider stomping? Spider stomping. Oh, I won't get you over there. I gotta whack a mole, though. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta whack a mole, too. I'll just take some pizza and go in the tubes, because the tubes were always my favorite. You always like to get up there and get in the good corner one that had the bubble window. Do you guys ever yeah. play hide and seek in those? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to. I have to. <laughs> yeah. like, what are they made for? Yeah. I'm looking. So, oh, so great. Yeah. Living it up. Unfortunately, it looks like... Oh. <laughs> I think Helen's over there just, just short, short-circuiting out. Helen? Oh, no. Well, Pascal's <laughs> doing okay. Oh, okay. We got all Pascal. Right. Yeah, that's all you really need. We got, I mean, well, Chucky's coming. He's going to come around. I just oh, Mr. Call him Munch. Leave the pizza alone. <laughs> Squatch, Squatch, go get Munch out of there. Thank you. Thank you. Mind around these children. Jasper looking like a... Uh, like, oh man, what was that? McGruff the Prime Dog. Oh uh-huh. man. Getting, getting in the Wayback Machine. Yeah. It's been so long. I know. It's been so long. It doesn't even feel like it's been so long doing this podcast yet. Like, it doesn't feel like we've hit a year already. I can't believe we're already there. What was the date? The 28th. Oh. Coming up. Jordan never goes back and listens to episodes, so he has no clue. <laughs> Humble, um, just staying humble. You know, I have no choice because I have to spend hours editing <laughs> them after I we're done. That's okay. You. I'll happily take that on. Cassandra, mm-hmm. you've popped on a couple. Mm-hmm. What's been your favorite one that you've listened to so far? I think one of the very first ones. I really liked your guys's Paul McCartney one a lot. That's a favorite. It was like one of the most downloaded for a while. You both genuinely had interest in it. Not that you don't every time, but like it excited you both. Mm-hmm. You could tell. Man, that was a that was a huge thing for me in high school. Mm-hmm. Sure, I mean that was half that podcast, but so much fun. I'm really excited for this one tonight because it's been one that I've been wanting to do Long since the awaited. start. And we actually, if you've listened to us since the start, we mentioned it on our first episode. And it's like, we're finally fulfilling the promise because we said we'd come back and do an episode for it. We're doing it, damn it. Coming full circle. Tonight is the Mothman. Wah, wah. 
It's like more of a dun dun dun. I it was no. It felt right. It I, felt right. I can't. It's Let's not. The situation. It's not in my range. Mm. <laughs> Before we jump in head first, we're gonna be we're gonna be spreading out some shout outs that we've got from people that have been a part of the podcast that have. Uh, run other podcasts themselves that have helped us out, whether it be advice or promotion or what have that. Um, everybody sent in some nice little little shout-outs, so we're going to play that periodically through the show, and I think we should start with one, the only, Joshua Machola, the gentleman that made our logo that is oh so nice that I have on this mug right in front of me that you can also have. Link will be in the description. But let's let's play let's play Josh's now. What it do is PJ, a.k.a. DJ PJ, a.k.a. your mom's favorite. Big shout out to my boys over at Creepy Campfire Podcast, man. So excited for you guys. One year of giving them the creeps. You guys are killing it, and I'm so excited for what's ahead, man. Y'all celebrate, do it big, and keep doing your thing. Stay creepy, my friends. Good old, good old. I'm glad I didn't see that until now. That's awesome. <laughs> so he calls himself PJ because that's how... We know him. P stands for Pastor. J stands for Josh. But in his professional career, he is Joshua Machola. Shout out Joshua Machola slash Joshua David Designs. He does amazing graphic work and web content and pretty much anything that you need, he can do. And he's not. He we we tried to mention him and give him credit where it's due. So hopefully you could pick up on his work after seeing the work he's done for us. Um, but yeah, this was very kind of him to Thank send us so that little shout out. out. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. So we're gonna just drop those kind of periodically through the show, just as a fun, fun little, fun little nuggets. They don't serve nuggets here in the Chuck E. Cheese. But fun little peps <laughs> to toss on your pizza. It's so cool that we got all the feedback though. Yeah, yeah. So let's begin. Okay. So before we start, let's talk about where it is. Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Mountain Mama. <laughs> Take it home. <laughs> that song <laughs> has plagued Cassandra for the past couple of months, and it just plays it's everywhere. everywhere. It's everywhere. I haven't heard about this. It's a it's the country road plague. Life is older, older than the trees, younger than the mountains. Yeah. Not old town. Affecting Country. only you? Yeah. <laughs> so West Virginia, and then we're talking 1966 to 67. Mm-hmm. There were Mothman sightings before, and there was a lot after. But this is like the hubbub and like when all of it popped up. So we're going to focus on this time. Yeah. Okay. So what made it the Mothman. So... Point Pleasant, like I said, West Virginia. It was like a stone throws away from where I was in Kentucky for a period of time. Um, Appalachias, they're pretty separated from each other. You know, very small, tight-knit communities. Um, and at this time, the the town was about 6,000 people strong. So still pretty small town. Um, it was right across the Ohio River from Ohio, so it's right there on the border. And a lot of the people that lived in the town, they would cross that river each day and go into Ohio and go to work. So it's in these forests and in these mountains and in these hills that we experience the Mothman. Okay. You said 66, 67? 66 and 67. Language is just on point. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah, 66 and 67. Okay. So let's go to what is kind of attributed as the first sighting. So November 1st, 1966, a National Guardsman at the Army Armory near Camp Conley. Conley? Camp Conley. Now I can't English. So at an armory near Camp Conley Road in Point Pleasant, he saw a large brown humanoid figure perched on a limb of a tree. But he didn't report it until after the Mothman sighting started popping up in the newspapers because he's in the National Guard, don't want to be looked at as crazy, just like, eh, whatever. But he ended up reporting seeing just this strange, large, bird-humanoid-like thing in the trees after. Hmm. In fact, not a lot of detail in that one, but that's supposed to be the first one. The first reported one you can actually find on, let me see, there's a certain town... That has it on their website. Because that's like a big thing in the area, right? Like yeah. The Lord drew a lot of the. Well, Ooh. I don't know if it drove tourism in it or anything specifically, but I'm sure some some people would come through. You'd do it. I would. <laughs> if I was headed over that way, let's just stop by, see if we can find it. I don't know what I'd do if I found Mothman. Freak out. I'd try to. Well, I'd probably just run away from it. <laughs> <laughs> so before I go any further, I should probably give credit to all this stuff. So if you're looking up stuff about the Mothman on your own, it's kind of it's kind of hard on the internet to find it find the things that happened during this time, which uh-huh. is like prime time for the Mothman, because you're like having to siphon through all the the new today current sighting crap. Mm-hmm. I say crap, it might be real, but it. But I mean, if you inc- have stuff going on since you know the internet started. Yeah, so like- you have to. F- fight through all the photoshop pictures mothman scene here and all of that crap so finding these sightings specifically um is kind of hard so the main places i was able to pull stuff from um so there is a book if you've never heard of the mothman you've probably also heard of john keel who wrote the mothman prophecies which is also a movie he wrote the book that's got everything into his investigation he did in the area and that's where a lot of this stuff gets pulled from and then i also was able to dig up some old newspapers and I've got the old newspaper articles. Cool. Digitally. Digital. I mean, I don't know. I'm not just like sitting here shuffling I was like, them. that's cool. Where are they? <laughs> yeah, no, I've got them right here. Went down so, to the local library and found some, uh, some copies. Right, would be right. Cool. I've got them on the big wooden dowels right here. Oh, yeah. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, Squatch used them to clean up after getting out of the ball pit. Oh, gross. What is he doing in the ball pit that he needed to clean up? He's just. We don't want to know. Squatch is just okay. a gross... He was under there for a long time. No. <laughs> oh, no! It's okay, Squatch. We we understand by now you're just, you're just smelly. It's just part of you. We still love you. Come over and get some pizza, bud. So the next sighting of the Mothman occurred on November 12th, 1966. Pretty close. That's, I kind of like this one a lot because there is so many sightings in such a close period of time. It's not like you have Bigfoot sightings, but you don't have so many clumped into like a year span. It's yeah, there's a lot of Bigfoot sightings, but they're spread out over several years mm-hmm. and locations. And locations. The Mothman was reported by about a hundred people within this year's span. This first year. Yeah. Because this, this is the first one, right? Right. <clears throat> this year alone, a hundred reportings of the Mothman. Hmm. So on this night, in November twelfth, nineteen sixty-six. Kenneth Duncan of Blue Creek near Charleston said he and some other men were digging his brother-in-law's grave on Saturday 
when something looked like a brown human being buzzed past. It was gliding through the trees and was in sight for about a minute, Duncan said. Four other men helping to dig the grave didn't see it. The thing described as a huge bird-like creature with eyes like red reflectors and a wingspan of ten feet. First was reported to police by Steve Millett and Roger Scarberry and their wives who said they saw it three times late Tuesday and early Wednesday, about five miles north of there. Hmm. This thing gets around. Yeah. Pretty pretty crappy out digging your brother-in-law's grave and you see this weird thing fly over it. Yeah, that was, I like, yeah, that was just a kind of without context, just a, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Jump right into that situation. Ten yep. feet wingspan, though? Ten foot wingspan. Mm-hmm. My wingspan's like seven feet, almost. Yeah. My arms are longer than me. And that's a big argument of the Mothman is people are like, it, even at ten feet, that's yeah. not a big enough, at least to what biology as we know it, it's not big enough to carry a person. Mm-hmm. But like think, aerodynamically, be able to right, and know. especially when you consider like birds are the ones flying, they have hollow bones. We don't. It gets even a little stranger when you throw that in there. But now this one that I'm about to read, this is the big one. This is the reporting that swept the news at the time and got everybody to know about the Mothman. Two Point Pleasant couples said they encountered a man-sized bird-like creature in the TNT area about midnight last night. Now the TNT area is an area of Point Pleasant that um, used to be a manufacturing plant for TNT and other things during World War II. So they were creating that all there. Um, it had been converted to a wildlife sanctuary after that. And there's a lot of bird life there. Okay. So they were hanging out in TNT, probably going there to neck, do other sultry things. <laughs> to neck? <laughs> it's the 60s. Okay. Like, I mean. <laughs> oh, man. It's the 60s. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. So they're, head, yeah, they're, they're heading out there. I mean, they're heading there at midnight. Come on. We, yeah. we know what you're doing at midnight. Do some fun stuff. So, to eat some pizza. So Sparks were going off. <laughs> at the TNT. Right, right, right. Yay. <laughs> so, the sheriff's deputies and city police went out to the scene about 2 o'clock in the morning, but were unable to spot anything. But the two young men telling their story this morning were dead serious and asserted they hadn't been drinking. Because they were necking. <laughs> because they were too busy necking and not drinking. They said... <laughs> <laughs> It was like a man with wings, Millette said. It wasn't anything like you'd see on TV or in a monster movie. The men and their wives were in Scarberry's car between 11.30 p.m. and midnight when they spotted the creature near the old power plant adjacent to the old National Guard armory buildings. The creature was seen standing on three occasions and was described as being extremely fast, flying at about 100 miles an hour. How can this thing go 100 miles an hour if it can't even get that far off the wall? It's a 10 foot wingspan. Here. Yeah, but that's I've got one that's a little more detail. Hold how on. how are you going to edit out that bird? We weren't talking it stays. about it. It stays. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. It's, it's, it's committed. Alright. It's fine. Here, here. Here's how they know how fast it was going. Mm-hmm. Ready? Radar guns? So these two young couples. They were joyriding around. They were going in their 1957 black Chevy, in, I think Impala. 6'5". Right. 6'5". As they were heading to TNT, uh, one of the couples was Linda Scarberry and Roger Scarberry. The other was Steve Millette and Mary Millette. 
When they got next to the abandoned North Power Plant, they suddenly saw two large red eyes, which reflected the light from the car's headlights. Steve noticed it first and pointed it out to the group. That is when they are said to have noticed that the glowing red eyes belonged to a strange creature. They claimed to have seen a gray man-like figure with two wings go around the corner at the old power plant. They said that the creature didn't run, but wobbled like it couldn't keep its balance. Linda described the creature as having circular, fiery red eyes and a body like a man, but with wings. They said the creature was about six or seven feet tall, with wings folded against its back. Half man, half monster, she said. You could see muscles in its legs. End quote. The couples couldn't believe what they had seen. They drove quickly off onto Route 62. Linda yelled for Roger to hurry. The couples then saw the creature on a hill by a large billboard as they went around a curve. It spread its wings and went straight up into the air. They were all terrified and kept yelling for the driver to go faster. The Mothman began gliding back and forth over the back of their car. We didn't know what it was. I don't think we've ever been so scared, said Linda. As they went along the straight stretch of road, they were going over 100 miles an hour, but the creature was still able to follow them. They saw it in the back window and saw the shadow go across the car as they flew. They couldn't get away from it. They could also hear the wings hitting the top of the car as they drove. It's even said to have left scratch marks on their 57 Chevy. And that is cold-blooded. You don't scratch up that Chevy like that. Disrespectful. Huh. Oh, oh, we're not done. It squeaked like a big mouse, said Mary Millette. <laughs> they were only able to get away from the moth when they reached the edge of Point Pleasant. The creature disappeared, veering off into a field, and they went to town. So the couples, they keep going into town, right? And they debate back and forth on whether they should tell somebody. And they're like, like some of the people are like, no, we're going to sound crazy. We're not going to tell anybody. And then other people in the group are like, well, let's go back and see if it's even still there. So they go back and right where they had trailed off and decided to stop following them, they, it was like they're waiting for them. Enters the Mothman. And it's called the Mothman, but I think it's more of the Owl Man, if that makes sense. Well, the way they portray it in like pictures that I've seen in drawings and Fallout is this like big black beastie thing with like not human legs. Like, yeah. I've seen human legs, and I've also seen not human legs. Well, and it makes sense because it said it wobbled around the corner of that building. Yeah. Well, uh, I've never seen a moth walk. It does kind of shuffles. Oh, yeah, it kind of does. They kind of like scurry and shuffle. But I picture like like a penguin wobble is what I want to picture. But imagine if a penguin was horizontal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but this dude was standing straight up. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's I think it's more of an owl. And in some of the later... Disc- think of your grandma trying to run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably pretty accurate. As horizontal as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Headstrong. They actually called this thing the Mothman, not off the descriptions. So Batman was popping at this time. And they actually stole the name from a villain in Batman called the Killer Moth. And that's why they called it the Mothman. But I think it's more of like an Owl Man, but I still like the name Mothman. Do you know what else was popping in the 60s? What else was popping in the 60s? Everything? Marijuana. Everything. I feel like these kids well, said they weren't drunk. Well, you remember the MK Ultra that we just did? Uh-huh. Like that was all going on. Yeah. And like it's in West Virginia. Virginia has yeah. DC, which has the CIA and all that. Mm-hmm. 
So. West Virginia and Virginia are two different places. Well, but it's but it's close. Is all I'm saying. They were doing they were doing experiments in San Francisco. You can't see it, but I'm mapping out these <laughs> locations with my fingers. I feel like these kids stumbled across Pop Farm. This guy that they saw <laughs> that looked like a fucking moth was. Well, they weren't kids. They were married. They had spouses. They were not like 16. How old were they? Did it say? Didn't say. Mm, but they are married. They're not getting married at 16 and 66 and 67. Maybe. Those are our parents. That's exactly our parents' age. Oh, yeah. Eh, maybe not. Our parents were born in like early 66. 60s. Stick yeah. With, stick him with the stoner theory. Sorry. All right. All right. You can stick with the stoner <laughs> theory. So it was waiting for them when, when they, they went, went back. back. To, yeah. Did they like bring other people to like. Be like, hey, no, look what I thought. Just them. And then they ended up telling the papers about it later. Oh. So now, let's go. That was the 12th. Now we're on to the 16th of November. Okay. All very close. So that all happened on the 15th. This was the very next day. So the next night, Marcella Bennett and her brother Raymond Wamsley. That is a name. Wamsley? Wamsley. <laughs> Wamsley. Wamsley. And his wife, Kathy. Maybe. Good old Walmsley and Kathy. Kathy. Actually, she was Kathy Walmsley. Oh, that's unfortunate. Bless her heart, as we say in that oh, area. Oh, bless her heart. So her brother and his wife were bringing Marcella's two-year-old daughter, daughter Tina, visit relatives who lived in the TNT area. So Wait, is TNT a place? Yes. Dynamite. T- the TNT area is what they call where they had that manufacturing plant for the armory. Okay. That yeah. ended up becoming a, you said a... Wildlife reserve. Mostly for birds, you said? Uh, that's what there's like a high population of, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Marcella and her brother, had already, they'd already read what happened with, with the Mothman the previous night before. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, newspapers that days. Breaking news. Right. Mothman's coming to get you. And they thought, they even admitted saying they thought it might be fun to go out and look for it. Which, I, I appreciate the honesty in that. Because I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, you're already looking for it. So whatever you see, you're going to think it's the Mothman. Mm-hmm. But I appreciate the honesty behind it. But they, so they were visiting this house in what they call the igloos of the TNT area. And the igloos were like the, so when they had built the factories, they pretty much had like a mound built over it. So that way if anything happened and like things exploded in there, it wouldn't damage the surrounding areas. So they were kind of mounted over and they called them igloos. That's what the locals did. What was it made of? I'm sure they had like thick concrete walls and then... Just, just like a big dome? Yeah. We huh. don't know. They just looked like igloos. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm just picturing uh, biodome. <laughs> so they're amongst the igloos. And then apparently they had belonged to Ralph Thomas, who is the superintendent of the Trojan U.S. operations there. Ralph's wife, Virginia Thomas, was Marcella Bennett's sister. So that's why they were in the area visiting. When Marcella, Raymond, and Kathy arrived, they discovered that Ralph and Virginia had both left to go to church. The only ones home were the three children, Ricky, Connie, and Vicky. After exchanging a few words with the children, Bennett and, Wham- and the Wamsleys headed back to their car, and it was about 9 o'clock in the evening. That's when they spotted some strange lights in the sky that hovered above the trees. Raymond stopped when he got to the bottom of the steps. He tried to get Marcella's attention. She told him that she didn't want to see any lights he said no stop you've got to look at this this isn't a plane she ignored him and began walking to the car carrying her daughter suddenly a figure stirred in the darkness behind the parked car she saw the creature out of the corner of her eyes as she was unlocking the car door 
She first saw a man's legs that looked like they were covered with gray feathers. She did not see any feet. She pulled up her eyes. The wings were drawn in toward its body. The head was tilted sideways. It looked like a bird, but it was too big to be a bird, she said. Standing only a few feet away from her was this giant man bird, his head sunken into his shoulder area. She saw no red eyes, but later she said that she might have been too frightened to notice. Marcella described the creature as over six foot tall with feathers. It just looked like a giant bird, but yet a man and it was standing with its shoulders arched and its neck down. She was terrified, but unable to run. I just stood there and looked at it, but I couldn't figure out what it was that I was seeing. Her brother saw it, but would not come towards where it was. Raymond and his wife were both very frightened. He kept yelling for Marcella to run, but she was paralyzed by fear. When Marcella finally managed to turn around, she took maybe four steps toward her house before falling to the ground in a state of shock. She was unable to get up as if in a trance. She Where's said, she fell. It's. Sorry. She, she either dropped her daughter straight up oh, or no. fell on top of her, oh. depending on what article you read. Oh, okay. Um, it differs. She said, I just couldn't do what my mind was wanting me to do. Marcella had heard the flapping of the wing as she was trying to run. After pulling herself together, she picked up her child and ran to the house. The Wamsleys were waiting inside the steps, and Raymond heard the creature once again flap its wings as Marcella reached them. The family locked themselves inside the house. Marcella's hands and knees were badly skinned up and scraped. She had been burned from the falling on top of a lit cigarette. The side of her face was also bleeding from where she had fallen. Oh no. The children inside were all screaming and crying in a panic. Raymond Wamsley frantically phoned the police. By this time, Marcella was lying on the sofa and could hear him telling the sheriff's department to get to the TNT area because they had seen the creature. He told them that they were locked in the house, but that it was still outside. The Mothman shuffled onto the porch, pushed on the door, and peered into the windows. It took the police about 20 minutes to arrive to the house, but the creature was already gone by the time they got there. The police didn't make a mockery of what the family reported because they saw that Marcella had been injured. They believed what the witnesses were telling them. They had guns drawn and were searching all around the house. Before they realized it, the front yard was soon full, not only of police cars, but curious people and cars from everywhere. So this is all a newspaper article? Newspaper article? Mm-hmm. Uh, so some of it's speculation or it's all verbatim? Like... This is, like, straight from the witnesses. Hmm. Okay. Well, I feel bad for Marcella's daughter, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> right? If she fell and got all of this, like, scraped up, bleeding, all of this, like, what happened to her daughter? Wouldn't that be easy food for the Mothman, too? Right? Well, that's the thing. He doesn't, he's, he doesn't hurt anyone. In any of the sightings, he's not hurt a single person. And that leads to, like, what is the Mothman? Because people have different ideas what the Mothman is and isn't. Um, but in none of the sightings has he hurt anybody. He just shows up, pretty awkward, kind of wants to hang around a little bit, and then leaves. Scary as hell. Yeah. It's like Casper, the friendly ghost, but bird version. Yeah, yeah. No one wants to Befriend be his him. friend. Did, so did it say that it was looking at it at her sideways? Yeah. But also with its... It's, head hunched in? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like... It, in almost every prince, single description... That a real pretty picture. Yeah. In almost every description, the thing is like, no-necked. Just Our impressions are spot on, and I know you can see them through this audio <laughs> media. Oh, my God. Oh, man. So, yeah, that and some big, uh, big beady red 
Wow, looking like the Reflector. fly looking eye kind of looking things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bros. Yeah. So this thing's not cool looking. It's cool looking, but it's not not in person. Pleasant looking. Not something I'd want to run across. No. No. Not pleasant and point pleasant. Oh, oh. see what you did there. <laughs> Easy Halloween costume. There's got to be a Mothman now. There's got to be a costume for Mothman. Oh, I'm sure. Like, 100%. You should be Mothman for this year. That's doing the most. <laughs> you know how much how hard it would probably be to make some wings? I'm good. Come on. Uh, Not that hard. You just get a cape. Yeah, you get a cape, it, dude. And you glue it to a sweatshirt, and then you just cover it in feathers. And then you cover every other inch of your body in feathers. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Squatch? I... All right. Is I, that a no or? Uh, he's real excited, so I, I guess we'll. I'll be the Mothman. Either that, or he's doing really good at whack a mole. That of the Simpsons. Well, I can't. I can't. I can never really believe they had the Simpsons game in there. Maybe that was just a little bit later on. But do you remember they had the Simpsons game in there? Yeah. Where like being Bart and beating the crap out of people and stuff. I didn't think it was, like, super kid-oriented. I don't remember how you got tickets for that. You don't. You don't get tickets. You just played it. So it was there for the adults. Probably. It was right next to the fishing game. That makes so much sense now. All I know is after this, I'm I'm going to beat the crap out of y'all at skee-ball. So now we're going to talk about a sighting from an elderly businessman in Point Pleasant. So pleasant. So he steps out on his front lawn, right? Because he hears his dog barking. And he wants to see what his dog's going nuts about. And when he goes out, he's confronted by a six or seven foot tall gray apparition with flaming eyes. He stood transfixed for several minutes, unaware of the passage of time. Suddenly, the creature flew off, and he staggered back into his house. He was so pale and shaken that his wife thought he was having a heart attack. And that's pretty damn scared. Baloney, he was fine. He was fine. He said nothing. <laughs> he just wanted a nap. Yeah, fiery eyes, though? That's the first guy to say fiery. Right, right. That, Yeah. Really, yeah. Super red, I guess. That glowy kind of mm-hmm. effect, maybe. Yeah, not just like, oh, it's just a little red. Like, no, in your face red. Mm-hmm. And then after the elderly businessman, we've got Tom Yuri. Tom Yuri was a shoe salesman, and he his sighting was on November 25th of 1966. So he was driving down Route 62 again, like we've talked about before, near the Point Pleasant area. Um, and he noticed something out of the corner of his eye on the riverbank. He said, it came up like a helicopter and then veered over my car. It began going around in circles about two or three telephone poles high and kept staying over my car. Tom was going about 75 miles an hour and said that this incredibly large bird-like creature was able to keep up with him easily. I have a convertible, and it first felt like it was going to come through the top, but it stayed in the air at about the same height, and I didn't feel like it was going to attack, said Yuri. The creature flew off toward the Ohio River. Mr. Erie drove into Point Pleasant and immediately contacted Sheriff George Johnson to tell him about what he saw. He later told local reporter Mary Heyer she featured it in the town's newspaper. This thing had a wingspan every bit of 10 feet. It could be a bird, but I certainly never saw one like it, he told Mary. Yeah. So that's Tom Urie. I like how he described... The shoe salesman. The shoe salesman. I like how he described it with the telephone poles. I feel like that's like a practical way... To mm-hmm. do it, and I just be like, "Yeah, hey, there's like 65 feet in the hot." Do you really know 65 feet? Mm-hmm. No, it's about three telephone poles. Like, I like that. I like that. I visually stacked them and fit. But again, he's like not hurting anybody. He's like just staying there, flying above, minding his own business. Maybe just like the dude's convertible. The dude's rolling in a night. It must be a hell of a shoe salesman if he's a shoe salesman rolling in a convertible. True. True. 
So that's Tom Yuri. Well, he's not getting messed with, thankfully. I mean, he's you know getting flown over, but not messed with. Not messed with. So that's that's pretty much all I'm going to cover for the sightings. There's a lot more small smaller sightings. They kind of just keep reiterating each other. They see something flying overhead. Um, they see something with glowing red eyes, really no neck, uh, about six, seven feet tall. It pretty much stays constant from, constant from there on. There's something that actually started to happen to some of these people after the they ran into the Mothman, and specifically if they made eye contact with the Mothman. They pretty much got pink eye. Yeah. What? Like the, the next day or a couple days following their sighting, um, they would get, let me pull it up specifically, where did that Cle- come from? conjunctivitis. Like every person who saw him? Not every person. <laughs> it? Not every person, but it was a common enough of a thing for Keel to feel mentioned in his book. It wasn't just like a couple people. Hmm. Of like the hundred people in the sighting, there was a good portion of people that ended up getting this. Um, and it's typically contracted from actinic or ultraviolet rays. So, like, maybe the Mothman's flaming red eyes are so powerful that it's given people conjunctivitis. And people are also, along with this pink eye, were reporting migraines and other other types of illnesses. Very minor, but, like, yeah. He's just made of radiation. He's just looking at you and microwaving your it, face. I mean, they're seeing it at a TNT plant. I'm just throwing that out there. Well, also, don't you think that could be, like, a stress reaction? The migraine, the for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't know about the pink eye. Yeah, the pink eye is a little off. I mean, unless they're like, oh my god, I can't believe what I just saw. Well, I wonder <laughs> also if he is a bird, if birds carry something that triggers humans to have. You know, I like that. I've listened to a lot of podcasts about Mothman. I've read way too much. And not one person has mentioned that. Mentioned what? And this is why we brought Cassandra back for the anniversary episode. <laughs> I have questions. So maybe the the Mothman was carrying some kind of bird special bird bird, bird yeah. flu or moth flu, and was giving people the moth flu. Like because human like it's like lizards how we're not supposed to like we need to wash our hands after we touch lizards mm-hmm. because if we'll get sick. Don't even look at Mothman. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even look at him and you'll be unclean. No, but if you get close enough to him and if he's that much larger, like if we were to interact with a normal bird, whatever, but because it's so potent, because mm-hmm. it's so large, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do no, have- I like it. I like it a lot. And I think it makes sense for how Birdman, or Birdman, Mothman <laughs> is interacting. Birdman. Because he's not hurting nobody. Like It seems like he just wants a friend. Like he's just hanging out. He's not really messing with nobody. And then it seems like you have all these sightings where he stays far away. Maybe it's because he figures out, like, oh, I'm making these people sick and feel bad. So I want to, like, hang back. But I want you to be my friend. Who is the lady that fell with her daughter? Oh, um. Because how terrible would that be if the next morning she woke up with a pink eye after having a trip to the <laughs> Oh, <laughs> my like, goodness. Marcella. I'm sorry, baby. Oh, Marcella. No. No. Sorry. No. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, Squatch. Even Squatch don't want pink eye. That's not good. Squatch is dirty, but he don't give people pink eye. He's So the rest of the sightings from here, they're pretty they're pretty similar. And they just keep reiterating the same thing. If you would like to hear about each of them individually, I'd really recommend John Keel's book, The Mothman Prophecies. Uh, but they they this huge wave of reportings really slowed down to almost some people say it stopped. It didn't stop. There kept being sightings. But it really slowed down after the Silver Bridge collapsed. And the Silver Bridge was a bridge that connected Point Pleasant 
across the Ohio River to Ohio, where many of the Point Pleasant residents would work and shop. Fortunately, this happened at a really sad time of year. It was December. Christmas. People were out Christmas shopping. Bridge collapsed. There were literal presents like floating down the river. It was pretty pretty bad. Christmas. <laughs> yep. It's the most wonderful time oh, yeah. of the year. Oh. Christmas. Yep. Um, the moth that just keeps on giving. So what does Mothman have to do with that? So the Mothman was actually reported seen on the bridge a couple days prior Creepy. to the bridge collapse. Some people say he was messing with the bridge and caused the collapse. Some people say he was there trying to warn people to stay off the bridge. Because by this point, probably he's figured out people don't like being around me. They're scared of me. Maybe if I hang out on it, they'll stay away. Either way, people say either he wrecked it or he was trying to warn people. The thing collapsed either way, and 46 people died. Do, do people think this thing has, like, super strength? Because, like, otherwise did it yeah. get... I mean, it's not... Like, nothing was and... seen that was reported that this thing was super strong. Mm-hmm. Uh but people think this thing could be an angel, a demon, a UFO, a cryptid, um, hold on, uh, a mutant from the TNT area. Like maybe this was a sandhill crane or an owl that mutated from being around all that stuff. So during all of that, they're like, yeah, if this thing is a demon, angel, UFO, mutant, all of those things could be strong enough to rip some steel up. But it Talking wasn't. It, right. But it wasn't like a Mothman-sized fist hole in the bridge. It was just like a hairline crack that it caused the whole thing. It only took one. <laughs> Is that a just five just just give, just give just give a one-inch punch from Bruce Lee? Yeah. Bam. Exactly. Insert Bruce Lee sound. <laughs> Um, so let's talk about what people think the Mothman is. He's a bird. He's a plane. So as little as two weeks after the the sightings were coming out, a people biologists from West Virginia, the University of West Virginia, were saying that it was a sandhill crane. I'm going to now show Cassandra and Jordan pictures of the sandhill crane, and I want them to tell you how preposterous this sounds. It ain't no bird. It ain't the sandhill crane. It's not this bird. (laughs) No. One, sandhill cranes have a big fatty red dot on top of their head. They have like a little red patch. Yeah. It's like if they were wearing a small cap on their small head. Stapper. But like really long legs, super skinny. They can hunch their necks in and like, wow. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure you can get a little sideways. (laughs) <laughs> you know you know what that like story with 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 marcella where she, like she said it was to the side you almost have to imagine it with a little tick like it wasn't just staying there like it had a little twitch with it just ugh. yeah because i mean you can't picture that and not make it super creepy yep <laughs> um but you guys aren't buying it no that thing doesn't get a it doesn't have a 10 foot wingspan that's for sure like i give it okay there's features about it that go along with the sightings there's the huge red like scalp face on the front of it like red eyes were reported this thing does have red eyes but they're beady they're not huge car reflector size eyes and this if you want to call it because of the coloring on its head it's one single patch it's not divided at all and also these things are big i mean probably oh these these are maybe like five feet these are huge they so 
So they range from. So it looks like it's about a six foot wingspan. They they range from about two and a half feet tall up to four foot four okay. and a half, four foot six. Okay. So they do get pretty tall, um, but that's not the six to seven feet that keeps getting reported. No. That is still less than a foot shorter than me. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Thanks for throwing that in. Well, and that's also with this thing's neck stretched out. This thing has a huge neck. He would still, it would be like encountering a feathery string bean. So that wouldn't feel very menacing to me. No, no. And this thing's got very long legs. Legs that you wouldn't just wobble around and look clumsy with. Also, they didn't mention like a protruding butt. (laughs) Like, I feel like that would be something to mention. Yeah. Like, it sounded like it had muscular legs. Yeah, from one, all the descriptions. One person even mentioned like I saw like the muscles in its legs. Yeah, and feathers on the legs, which this thing does not. Nope. One, yeah, they said they couldn't even see feet. They just saw the feathers on its legs. So from this is there. just like the flighted version of Bigfoot. It, I feel like people are trying to make it. It's yeah. <laughs> Isn't it's, that the entire concept of what you do? <laughs> Cricket. Cricket. <laughs> so oh, uh, I wrote last appearance. This is literally, this is what I wrote as I was looking into the Sandhill Crane stuff. I said, because I was just so tired of it. I said, rather than this bullshit, we get, give, we get given other slightly more believable bullshit that the Mothman is a barn owl. Again, the size is nowhere near close to the reports of the Mothman, but they do have an intense eye shine. They do have very large eyes, lack of neck, short legs, and things that are mutt in a small beak. Beaks were not reported at all with the Mothman, and the Sandhill Crane has a very long beak. Very long, whereas an owl is much smaller. Okay, I'll give you that, but the whole thing is smaller. Owls... The only time owls were even close to anything that we've talked about on the show was way back when we talked about the Hopkinsville goblins. Mm -hmm. But that's only because of a size. You can't shoot an owl eight times and it's fine. So I'm still not buying that for the owls. Okay, owls aren't real. I'm saying it right now. (laughs) Owls are a myth. (laughs) I'm sick of it. They'll just turn into other things when we're not looking. That's that's what it is. Okay. (laughs) So it's bull. As soon as it's out of eyesight. So there's one more thing I wanted to go into with with the animals that it's proposed to be, uh, and it's with the eye shine. That's why I can turn its head all the way around, you know, so you can see if you're still looking at it. Hey. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so I did a little deep dive into eye shine, little deep dive, just because I've heard of eye shine, but I don't know what it is, what it's for, why animals even have it, and so eye shine, which is technically called tapetum lucidum. It's a common feature of vertebrates. It's a layer of tissue behind the retina that reflects light back onto the retina. Wait, like what cats have? That's it. That's it. I haven't broken out the southern, and we're in West Virginia. You know what? I was going to say, that was, a, that was a little slip there. Yeah, I should have thrown it in there a little more. You said bless her heart like a few times. Yeah, I think it happens without you even noticing it. <laughs> well, so the light that gets reflected back onto the retina it's used by the eyes to be able to see in the dark. The only difference, or the only negative aspect to it, is it blurs what the animal's seeing. So it draws in every bit of available light, but what you're seeing is not quite as clear. It's like everything has an aura. Okay. Everything is glowing. Yeah, just yeah. I guess you could say that. Yeah. So animals have different colors of eye shine depending on the species. So I found which a few of what species, um, a few species that has specifically red because we're talking about the mothman huge baseball red sized eyes 
Makes sense. So we've got we've got coyotes, possums, rodents, and birds. Those birds. Those birds. Bird, bird, bird. Bird is the bird. Um, it's not a coyote. They don't stand up. Also, there were feathers, not fur. But birds does make the list. I'm really leaning hard toward owl. An owl on steroids. Yes, thank you for clearing that up. An owl that lived in the TNT. Yeah. For yeah. Too long. And radioactive. Radioactive owl. Mm-hmm. Giving people. Pain <laughs> <pain> <laughs> <anymore>. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's so gross. Before. That just means that they roll around in crap, guys. I like know. that's what it. But if it's an owl, don't they regurgitate their food? They do. So like they don't poop, they like vomit. No, well they do poop. They've got like owl pellets. They no. do both. Yeah. I don't Why? think they regurgitate naturally. I think they regurgitate to feed. Yeah, they regurgitate to feed the feed the no, babies. No, no, because like dis- a lot of birds do that. No, I've dissected owl pellets. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it, you, yeah. You do it in like fourth grade science. Oh, I never did. It's like your school like a, sucked. You did. It did. <laughs> it's Trust like me. a it's like a fur ball that you pick mouse bones out of. I only ever got the cow yeah. eye and the pig fetus. Uh, cow eye was just absolutely gross, man. The smell of formaldehyde. Yeah, we didn't get the pig's fees. Stays with me. You know, when I was in the seventh grade, I brought in... <laughs> You're still shaking your head. <laughs> I brought in, like, a whole mess of bluegill, and our class did dissections on the bluegill. Oh, really? Yeah. I felt very accomplished. You got to contribute? That's cool, though. Yeah. See, I would do that. A little fish. Yeah. My yeah. dissection story is my Did biology teacher. No, I got to do a fetal pig. Yeah, we did the pig, too. And it's terrible. I refuse to crack the ribs on the fetal pig because I am humane, even though this thing is done been dead. And my teacher takes it and cracks it, like picks it up and puts it in front of my face and cracks it and squirts the pig juice at me. No. I was like, Mr. Lewis. What a guy. That's cold blooded. I hope you're at biotech living your best life because you were actually a great teacher, but that was awful. <laughs> Man. All right. Love you for your knowledge, but I hate you. I've got one current sighting I want y'all to hear. Okay. But before that, let's let's roll tape on some of the, the kind people that spoke in for the anniversary. First, we're going to start more shout out. with our loyal listener, Jeff, who now runs two podcasts. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Go, Jeff. Whenever you need a shout out. Hi, this is Jeff from the Canto Cast podcast and the Bluebell Cafe podcast. And I just wanted to wish a one-year anniversary to Ryan and Jordan and the Creepy Campfire podcast on one year of Creepy Campfire stories. I can't wait for another year of Creepy Campfire, guys. Until then, stay toasty. Aww. (laughs) I'm glad he used our sign-off. Thank you, Jeff. And then now we're going to do one that I am... I am so excited for. Like, I fanboyed when I got the one from these guys because I didn't expect them to send anything back. But you know what I'm thinking about? Podcast people, they're freaking nice. <laughs> these guys... So far. Yeah, almost all the shows that we're, we're, that we're playing that have sent us shout-outs for the year, they have like a million-plus downloads. Like, not small-fry podcasts. And they took the time to come on our little podcast and, and, and show us some love. So now we're going to play Astonishing Legends, which we've promoted before on the show. Um, if you like our show, if you're not already listening to them, you got to check them out. They've taken specifically something like this, The Mothman, which we're doing. It's our first two-parter. 
they done it in four parts. So if you want a really deep dive on a topic, go with Astonishing Legends. But let's hear what they have to say. Hey, this is Forrest. And Scott. Congratulations to both Ryan and Jordan. Well done on finishing your first year of Creepy Stories at the Creepy Campfire Podcast. It's the perfect time to quit, guys. Yeah, we don't need such good competition. But if you keep at it, we'll keep listening. Thank you, guys. I need to turn into theirs more. They're funny. Funny. And we are happy to be competition. Give them a run. Even though we are nowhere near. No, but you know what's cool, though? Not for the anniversary episode, but anniversary month, we hit 10,000 downloads. Sweet. So. That's a big deal. That's a milestone, man. Yeah, we're chuck- We're just trucking along. Uh, are we still missing anybody? Who, who are we still missing? Was it Canada that we have? Like, rare huh? rare listeners? Like, where? We were missing a couple of different. Oh, where are we missing people yeah. from? No, we got Canada. We're, okay, look. look. As far as the territories go? I'll, I'll save that for the end. This bothers me. I gotta save that one. Okay. So before we we start to wrap this one up with what we think the Mothman is, I want to show you guys uh, a current sighting that I had found. Hunters in Mason County may need to be on the lookout for something other than deer when they hit the woods this week. Eyewitness News reporter Fallon Pearson shows us what else may be lurking out there too. Up until Sunday night, he hadn't been spotted recently, but according to these pictures, the legendary Point Pleasant Mothman is back. These pictures, supposedly taken by a man who says he was driving along State Highway 2 in Point Pleasant, saw something jump from tree to tree, so he pulled off the road to take these pictures. The man declined an on-camera interview, but is adamant the pictures are real. And some locals like Carolyn Harris believe it. I definitely know that the Mothman's real. Harris has owned the Mothman Diner for 48 years. She also helped start the Mothman Festival. Harris said there's been too many sightings of the Mothman for her not to believe. First responders and the church department and stuff uh, that I talked to, that they definitely made a believer out of me. Mothman believers over the years, like the Smiths. You have eyewitnesses, so, you know, yeah, it does have potential, and and I do sort of want to believe. We asked the local owner of the Mothman Museum, Jeff Wamsley, just how authentic the pictures are. Wamsley said, with modern technology, it's almost impossible to know for sure if the pics are real. But even if they are fakes, the benefits of the Mothman's legend to the town of Point Pleasant are very real. It's a good thing. A lot of people, it brings a lot of people to the area. It's here to stay. It ain't leaving. Fallon Pearson, Eyewitness News. I like that full circle for the Wamsleys. That's cool. Yeah. They want a museum for it now? Dedicated to it? That's cool. Yeah, hopefully I'd like to go see it one day. That's crazy that there's so much like wrapped around that lore in that town. I'm a Mothman Cafe. And... and I got a secret for everybody. This is only scratching the surface because for the first time in Creepy Campfire podcast history, we've got a two-parter. What? What, what? Because the Mothman's too big to just keep in one episode. Yeah. But I get frustrated when I... I watch other programs listen to other programs not that anyone who has done this before that listens to our show i think you've done a bad job i don't think that at all i just wanted to do it different because actually the mothman isn't is tied up with a large amount of ufo sightings men in black sightings and encounters in the area during the exact same time 
So I feel like you like when people usually tell the Mothman story, they start with the Mothman, tell one or two sightings, and they get kind of lost in all the UFO stuff, and then the Mothman just kind of gets forgotten about. Yeah. So that's why I wanted the Mothman to have the full, full special, full dive into all of him before we dug into any of the UFO stuff that happened at the same time. Okay, so it's Mothman Part 2 slash surrounding this one, area lore. Part 2 is going to be Point Pleasant specifically, so everything that happens in Point Pleasant. Okay. This one's the Mothman feature. Next one's Weird Point Pleasant. Part 2. Part 2. Okay, so we got what that do you, to look forward to. We do have that to look forward to. So, as we wrap this one up, I want to know what you guys think of the Mothman what do you think of him? The people have seen them, and what do you think the Mothman is, or if he even is a thing? I think he's not an owl or a sandal crane. This picture's made a believer out of me. No, <laughs> um, it'd be. Um, I don't know. Like, it'd be cool if there was like a whole group of them, like them, the one sighting of the multiple a moth flock, a, fa- a family, family a of a family, <laughs> family of moth creatures. This kind of. Live it amongst, all in all in Point Pleasant though for some reason, because it was like all from there to like Ohio. Well, not even Ohio, right? It's all in that area. A little bit area. right. I mean, they're right on the Ohio River. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, technically there's some in Ohio that like right across the bridge, but you have it's mostly focused around the TNT area, specifically a Point Pleasant, but just Point Pleasant. I want to read that book. Key. John Keel. Keel. Mothman prophecies. Yeah, I gotta look into that. I gotta Can see what's... they be prophecies if they happened in the past? You are correct, madam. <laughs> he knew that bridge was gonna collapse, though. It's a prophecy. Maybe. I'm We're not, told. You know, that might... I just think he might have wanted... You did your research, Mr. Keel. You do you. And, you know, I can't wait to get into Keel on the next one, because Keel ran into some really weird stuff. Mm-hmm. But also, Keel gets swept up into the whole Mothman thing, and pushing that off to the side so so you don't think he's a bird of any kind jordan you do think it'd be a cool throws of some bunch of moth men but what do you think of the moth man well it doesn't seem like he's hurting anybody which is you know uh different than can be said for well i mean i guess all most of the cryptids are kind of just visualized not really interacted with the but ones we know because they killed the ones that we didn't hear from this is true <laughs> yeah, who knows how many of those Mothman encounters did not go so well. Marcella's daughter could tell you. I I want to know why it gives people pink eye. <laughs> That's what I want to know. I don't know. It's weird. I want to know if this thing just goes out and flies about in the day and then goes home and roosts and shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is a hard, like, <laughs> sh- t- <laughs> And then just goes back out and just uh, plagues people with and airs, airs out, it all airs out. out <laughs> spreads its matter for for everybody. Oh man! For uh, for unsuspected passerby. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you think the Mothman is? Do you think he's his own God, thing? I, I just I don't know. I is he a demon? Is he an alien? I mean, what what is a cryptid? What is a, a what's cr- the, well a cryptid is just. An animal that's not been discovered yet. Is a cryptid like something that you're still asking, like, what is this thing? You're, you're putting a name on it, but then they're like, what is it? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, but see, but yeah. Some homogenous mix of... But you do think he's his own thing. 
Yeah, I mean the bird thing's out the window for me. How how believable is Bird Bird Birdman? I keep calling him Birdman, Mothman for you right now. So, somewhat, mm-hmm. more so than some of ours that we've done. Um, I mean, only because uh, there's still sightings and it's been going on for this long, which is kind of crazy though. Makes me wonder how long this thing lives potentially i don't it's not really fair but i don't put a lot of stock into the new sightings Mm -hmm. chicago actually is the place where the most new sightings have been reported chicago chicago and the mothman actually i didn't want to go into it too deep because i don't put a lot in it and i feel like it might be a tad bit disrespectful Um, but during a lot of other catastrophes um there's been reportings of oh i saw the mothman before or during the event Mm. Um, 9-11 is one of those where people say they've seen the mothman around new york but it's a bird it's a plane (laughs) it's the mothman yeah i retract that statement that's why i really want to just focus on the the this 66 and 67 era because it's like the best sightings you get it's the only actual run-ins you get with the mothman all the other stuff it's just oh i see him flying around you don't get oh he was a couple feet away from me and made me fall on my daughter and burn myself with a cigarette and then he climbed on my porch and was looking in my windows (laughs) (laughs) he gave me pink eye (laughs) yeah um that would be great to be able to say though you know Met Mothman, walked away with... Pink guy. Pink guy. Would you, would, I mean, would you give him that experience? It sounds about, like, the gist of it. DJ has legit joined this conversation. He, he is, is in the chair next to us, sitting up at the table. Surprising. This Are is... you the Mothman? You have the color fur that they describe the feathers. Your neck is sunken. You go scrunchies, neckwise? And <laughs> you can turn your head cocked to the side. And you got that eye shine. Do you have any comment? You know if you want to talk to anybody? Meow. You just want to be up here? So, Cassandra. Okay. Yes. Tell me how you feel about the Mothman. I don't believe any part of this. I, okay, especially the new pictures. It looks like someone threw on a backpack with some wings and cast a shadow. And that's what someone took a picture of. But it's fun to believe in things, so more power to you. Would you go to the Mothman Cafe? Yeah, because I love you guys. We gotta go have a conversation. I'd go with the lady who to owns the it. festival. Okay, that was my issue with one of the later sites. They went to quote unquote experts, but they went to people that like already believed. Like, I wish they would have interviewed people that had some skepticism, because that's more validating to me than somebody that's created a cafe and a museum based upon something that's unverified. Well, honestly, though, I think the local news that had done that were just that kind of... funny that they were called experts. I think they were just poking fun at the whole thing. Because I feel like local news does that with any kind of thing like this. Mm-hmm. They don't take it seriously. Also, in the video, there has been a statue erected in honor of the Mothman that looks nothing like any of the descriptions. Looks like straight out of Power Rangers. Like a, like a enemy from... I don't know. That thing's crazy looking. It looks like... Okay, it's Spider-Man... The guy that finds the alien crap, and Venom? he has wings. Oh wait! Oh, she's talking about Vulture? homecoming. Yeah, Vulture. Yeah, Vulture. Oh. I imagine, except with red eyes. That's if, like, in my head, that's what he looks like. Yeah. So it's some real big back. Spider-Man fans digging deep. There's one more. We didn't really talk about the mutant thing from the TNT 
And you guys seem to be excited about that. Because that's what makes sense. It's the only more logical explanation. Mm-hmm. There was like a mutated crane or bird from there? Yes, because you've seen like radioactive... Or yeah, because you've seen like radioactive rats that are giant. Mm-hmm. And this this was like 20... About 22 years after World War II. So it's not like it wasn't like it immediately happened and mutated it. Because that's pretty improbable. But you had enough time for a couple generations to go through. Which is when mutations happen. You don't usually just, I'm going to swim in some uranium and like get mutated. It's not how, like that happens. It mutates your genes that you pass on to your kids. And then they get a third leg or something. So it makes, birds don't live that long. So well, some species of birds. If this is a bird. But there's enough time for something to have happened. I would also... I just want to know... What, like, you said that because Batman was a crazy thing with Mothman. That didn't really introduce the moth concept to me at all. I don't, I don't really get it. The only other things I can think of to make it more moth-like is... It does have the big eyes. Moths have big eyes. They do both fly. But, like, this thing was specifically said to have feathers. On multiple occasions. Yeah. You moth. put a moth in a, ra- you know, like you get a radioactive moth. Even if that thing gets bigger, it's going to be moth or it's not going to be a, beaks? an owl yeah. thing. And there's the beak thing, too, because no one said anything about beaks and moths don't have beaks. So that there's that. True. I just am And not calling convinced. it Batman might too been have been too much of a ripoff. I'm just not convinced. Just not convinced. But yeah, I'd go. Go check it out? Yeah, I would. Okay. After everything I've read and heard about the sightings of Mothman and what we're going to discuss on the next episode with the UFO stuff into it I I don't want to say I believe in Mothman because it makes me feel like I'm crazy but it it's too weird there's too many people that are like dead set no this is what I saw believe experienced that it's hard to fight that I feel like you really set us up with this episode you're really doing us a disservice because the next episode you're going to connect all this stuff and oh, you're going to yes. be like, see, I'm blowing this shit open, the, the red strings are going to just start coming out of everywhere. You see, you did us dirty. And I'm going to leave you with this teaser. I think <laughs> the Mothman is something escaped from a UFO. Lord help us. Help us indeed. Like a, like a UFO experiment kind like, of thing? Like maybe, or like a pet of a UFO. Mm. But we'll a pet? <laughs> alien owl? An alien pet. No. Straight domesticated. Domestic, no. We'll get into that on the next one. Okay. Until then. Oh, oh no, we're not until <laughs> we ain't until and nothing. Hold on, I think I got I think I got a, a few. Cassandra is sleepy. Alright, this one is a show called Cryptid Addicted, where they specifically talk about cryptids. Um we had we had promoted their show for them a while back um, and they gave us a nice little shout out on their show and I had I had mentioned a little bit warning our, our listeners that they can be a little foul mouth I know we bleep our stuff on this show uh, and she's got a little fun response to that so let me play that hey guys it's Megan from Cryptid Addicted the podcast I'll try and keep my foul Australian mouth in check while I wish you a happy anniversary Ryan, I hope you took Jordan out to a nice candlelit dinner somewhere. <laughs> Just kidding.
<laughs> I'm joking. Anyway, wishing you the happiest of podcast birthdays. As always, if you're ever on my side of the planet, let's grab beers and talk about some crazy shit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, you're probably going to have to bleep that. Anyway, have a good one. Happy first anniversary. And here's to many, many more. That's so sweet that of her. so yeah. cool. We definitely got to grab some beers. Please talk about some crazy stuff. I just want to see some weird <laughs> stuff in Australia. Yes. Oh my god, let's go into the Outback and never come back. Please come back. I don't know. That place is crazy. I, I like California. It's insane. I want to come back. Oh yeah, I forgot that burn It's coming down. along nicely. <laughs>Everybody, this is Mark Storrs from the Kryptonaut Podcast, and with me, as always, is Christopher and Rob Morphy. We want to send the congratulations to Ryan and Jordan at the Creepy Campfire Podcast on one year's worth of creepy stories. Hell yeah, fudge believable. Excellent work, bless guys. their hearts. Creepy stuff. Keep it going. Another year to come. Keep it up, boys. We're we'll talking with you soon. Woo! Oh my goodness, Chris, Rob, Mark, thank you so much for sending that in. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. You guys are hilarious and definitely a podcast that we emulate and strive toward. So I think we should reserve the last shout out of the night for the podcast that inspired it all. So without further ado, here's Bob from Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. Hey, this is Bob from Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. And I'm just wishing happy uh, podcast anniversary to Creepy Campfire. I feel like a proud, well, not a proud parent, but a proud uncle, uh, as I have been informed before that Weird Tales was a main, if not the main, let's say the main inspiration for Creepy Campfire podcast. So guys, um, lots of love. Congratulations from good old Uncle Bob for surviving a whole year, a whole human year, which in podcast years is is also a year, but it's a hard year. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a much harder year in podcast years than human years. You know what I'm trying to say? Congratulations. Uh, I remember when we first hit a year, it, it's a massive milestone, big achievement. Not many podcasts get that far. So keep it up. Uh, love you lots. And uh, other listeners, come to, come check out Weird Tales and the Unexplainable uh, if you want. Or if not, don't don't worry. There's lots out there. So congrats, guys. Love you lots. Uh, and maybe we can uh, sort something out in the future. We'll, we'll do like a collaboration pod at some point. Fingers crossed uh, if I can rein in Beef and Tiss to do that with us. All right? Anyway, lots of love. Love you, love you, love you. How you feeling? I'm stuffed. I'm full of pizza. <laughs> I, can't be full of, I can't be full of pizza and beer at Chuck E. Cheese because they don't have beer. Some full pizza. Burrito pizza. Squatch has went. Oh no. Squatch is just stuffed. He's stuffed in the tubes. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. going to have to cut him out of there. I, I hope no not. Let's just grab some pizza grease. We'll oh, s- oh god. Lather him up. Yeah. While we're doing that, guys, we want to thank you so much for sticking with us for a full year. One down. We we just cannot thank you guys enough for hanging around with us. We've went through we went through some poor audio in the back in the past. You've worked with us through it. We're starting to get some some better editing and sound in here. We're still learning. We're still working on it. That's why we saved something like the Mothman for for now, like so that way we can iron out the kinks and hit the good topics for you. Um, there's one place 
in the United States that's not listened to us yet. And I'm calling on our listeners to help us. Vermont, you are the only state in the entire United States that's not listened to us. We've got Alaska. We've got Hawaii, Maine, Florida, all four corners. Just not Vermont. Come on. So if you know somebody in Vermont, send them a link on Facebook. Or whatever you're using these days. Just shoot them a text. Say, hey, listen to this podcast. It makes me laugh on my way to work. You know what I'm saying? What is this? <laughs> yeah, where did that come from? Oh, no. What is that <laughs> It just got there. It's going to rough them up on the streets <laughs> oh, in New York. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, but shout us out. And even if you know people that aren't from Vermont that you think would like our podcast, let's keep growing the campfire, man. Send links. Send us ratings and reviews. I guess you can't send us ratings and reviews. Go ahead. Give us rating. Give us ratings and reviews. Uh, we appreciate them. And if you want to contact us, Jordan, where can they get a hold of us? The Campfire Podcast at gmail.com. Cassandra, where can they get a hold of us? Creepy Campfire Podcast at gmail.com. And one time more time, because they say marketing works in threes. Creepy Campfire Podcast at gmail.com. That's where you can get a hold of us. Send us all. Stuff. Yes, your personal stories, how you feel about the show, personal if you've got. <laughs> I don't know if they do an email. <laughs> ship it, just ship it on over. Uh, show ideas, things that you want to hear, all of that kind of stuff. We 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 want to hear it. We want to read it. We want to see it. Let's keep up on those uh, those um, ratings and reviews, guys. Yes, absolutely. It does nothing but help promote the show. Which the more people we got listening, the more personal stories we can get in, which means the more we can share with you guys. The more fun this is overall. Absolutely. And then if you just really like that Creepy Campfire Podcast logo and you're like, you know what, I, I just I want to have my morning coffee with that on my mug in the office, you can do that. Thanks to PJ. Yeah. If you are listening to us on iTunes, this is extra easy for you. All you have to do is look in the show notes and I've got a link there for you. If not, all you have to do is Google Spreadshirt and Creepy Campfire Podcast, and our store should pop up. If not, all you got to do is email us, and I will send you a link. We'll hook you up. Don't worry. We want you wearing hoodies, having pillowcases, and everything else with our logo on you gotta it. you got to get this mug. It's specifically a campfire mug with get this campfire. the Creepy Campfire logo on it. So if you want that, faux show, faux show. Have all the whiskey in it. Yeah. But... Excuse me, bourbon. Bourbon. Hot bourbon. Bourbon, not hot scotch. bourbon. It'll be a little scotch involved. We'll see. I'm sure it'll be probably none of the above. It'll, be... it'll probably be coffee, as God intended. Lots of coffee. We'll see. It's my bachelor party this weekend, guys. Turn it up. It is. We get, we're going to take Jordan out. Ryan Ryan, and, uh, and the guys are putting it together. I don't know what's going on. I can't wait. We're going to keep it that way, and we'll update you on the next one. Yes. Look forward to that. But until now, we got to go grease squatch out of the out of the tubes okay. and get out of Chuck E. Cheese before... Yeah, feet first. He's just dangling there, man. Just, just dangling. Just dangling. <laughs> but until... <laughs> I can't even do it. Until next time, everybody. Until next time. Remember, stay, stay toasty. toasty.